Howdy y'all, my name is Kayla Melton and you are listening to the Business and Boots podcast. Hello y'all, welcome back. It is me, Kayla, back at it again after, what, two and a half month hiatus? It's fine. I've had imposter syndrome. I feel like I shouldn't have been recording and that's why I didn't. And also I was pursuing other endeavors like having fun in Austin the city that I love you know the vibes anyways today I have a very very fun and informative and honestly so inspiring episode with my good friend Emily Love and yes that is her real name she's not a radio show host that is just her normal name she is fabulous she is the like most amazing young professional that I know, to be honest. And I'm so honored to know her and so honored that she is here on the pod. She's also my biggest fan. She's listened to all of the episodes and I'm just so happy she's here. She's going to kill it. So Emily, welcome on to the show. Hi, thank you, Kayla. Yes, I'm Emily Love. I'm so happy to be here. I have listened to every single (laughs) episode all the way through in the span of two and a half days. (laughs) I told her about it and the next day she's like at 8 a.m. like, oh my God, I already listened to episode one. I'm going to have it finished by the end of the day. And I did (laughs) all of them. amazing okay so tell us a little bit about yourself where are you from how old are you if you want to say what you do as a job um yeah let's start with those ones and we'll do fun ones also okay um i'm emily i am from houston texas really a town right above houston north houston called tomball but no one really knows what that is um um how old are you oh i just turned 22 um when's your birthday what what sign are you july 6th i'm a cancer uh we love a cancer cancer. we love a cancer also no i'm emotional and i cry all the time (laughs) yeah i know but you're a great friend i love a cancer friend my mom's a cancer i love a cancer friend personally and i'm a triplet so oh yeah she's a triplet that's a really good fun fact i have two like little cancers next to me and like they're like can only imagine yeah I can only imagine. I love it. Um, and then now your job or your profession in general. Um, I am the events and engagement associate for a nonprofit, nonpartisan public policy firm here in Austin. Um, I just actually came from the Capitol. So I worked as a legislative staff member for a chairman in the Texas House of Representatives. And then prior to that, I was um, in the president's office at Tarleton State University, where I went to school and graduated um, from I worked there for two years and I moved to the capital, worked in politics, and then I mean I guess I still work in politics, yeah. but now I just work like for a non-part non-partisan and we're um, nonprofit. So I worked for the former Secretary of Education for George W. Bush. So we focus a lot on education policy, which is something I'm super passionate about. Love that. As well as other um, policy areas like that make Texas a greater place to live based off of data. So like Texans are so gung-ho. I know you and I for yeah. sure like love our cowboy boots. Um, <laughs> we always say like in Texas, like, yeah, there's no better place to live. Like no. I wasn't born here, but I got here as fast as I could. I Where mean, were you born? No, no, I was. Oh. <laughs> oh, other <laughs> it's people. Like a quote. Oh, yes, 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 And yes, people yes, say, yes. like, if you weren't born here, like, you just yeah, yeah, as yeah. you can. So, I mean, I was born in Houston, but, like, everyone's like so obsessed with like living here yeah but like data wise we're not really the 
best to live in. Like, no. there's so many other states that are like, especially better. education. To be honest, yeah, education, justice, and safety, like government performance. I'm sorry, all the Democrats are gone right now, and all of their staff members are not getting paid. So, oh no, we're not truly the best at the moment. Oh my gosh. Okay, <laughs> so what is what's your like dream job? Like at the end of the day, when you're done. <laughs> I like to be a stay-at-home mother, so uh, legitimately though, like I would, I okay, me though. <laughs> I literally contacted my parents the other day saying, "If you want to set me up for an arranged marriage, I am down." <laughs> and kind, yeah. You know, like they, they should be kind and sweet and nice. Like of if course. they're rich, <laughs> yeah, like, like better. <laughs> um, no, like legitimately though, one of my like number one goals in life is to be a stay-at-home mom and, like, a, yeah. um, like, a good mom and a good wife. I don't have to, like, be a stay-at-home mom. Like, I'd be too bored, I think. Like, yeah. I would have to be into something, like, you know, yeah. some little, a little project, yeah. whatever I'd be doing. Honestly, I just – my passion is children. I love kids. I've always loved kids. Um, I actually Sounds started – Sounds like quite a cancer. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually started um, – I was super big into FFA in high school. I like mm-hmm. raised steers. I did every leadership I love that. conference you can think of, mm-hmm. every speaking event, every I was an officer. I like led city council meetings. Like yeah. I was I thought I was always gonna do agriculture and then I came I went to school for agriculture communications because I thought I wanted to oh. be like a lobbyist for ag and lobbyist always yeah. gets the worst like connotation but they're just like people who advocate for like certain issues so i wanted to advocate for you know just positive agriculture type Mm -hmm. things um to spread truth and awareness about them and then i heard a podcast and it just talked about like you were not put on this earth to do things that you were comfortable doing you're put on the earth to do things that you're called to do Mm, it's like if you have a calling and you know it like why do you think you're not going to be provided for if you mm-hmm. up and change? So um, my favorite piece of advice um, that I've ever received is to do one thing that scares you every day. And I was like, it was two days before the summer, the summer, the semester began. And I was reminded I had not done anything that scared me that day. And I knew that my calling was children. So I called my dean of my college and I was like hey how do I change majors oh my god I ended up changing majors four times throughout college so I didn't have to call anyone I just knew how <laughs> no <laughs> way yeah so I changed um I first changed from ag business to ag communications okay then I changed from ag communications to interdisciplinary studies because I wanted to be mm-hmm. a teacher so I taught right. first and fourth grade for a year I, I was a teacher and then um studied equity in um Educations like lower mm-hmm. socioeconomic students and how yes. educational opportunities are impacted. Yeah. Being. Okay. I have like um, experience with that too. Yeah. That's so cool. So I did all that because I just felt so called because I grew up in a super broken home. Like my dad was a drug addict. I moved out of my house when I was 16. Um, and I just, I was always loved and nourished by teachers and like mm. loved and told that I was smart. No one ever told me, like my mom. I always used to think my mom didn't care. It's not like my mom didn't care. My mom was too worried about getting food on the table for us. Mm -hmm. Like, to ask me how, like, my grades were. Like, are you passing was the extent of that. Mm -hmm. So, I always thought my mom didn't care. And then I studied equity and lower socioeconomic, you know, statistics-based learning and how 
children in lower class families, it's not that their parents don't care. Their parents are literally trying to like help them survive. So grades and participation in extracurriculars are not something that's, you know, um, like feasible aspect of their life. Like they don't care about those aspects because they're not worried about that. They're worried about you like surviving. It reminds me of like the, I think it's the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, Like they're base level Mm -hmm. (laughs) worried about survival and that's taking up all of their time and energy and everything like that. So yeah, exactly what you're saying. It's not that they don't love you or whatever. It's they have many other things to be thinking about. Yes. And that's like, I just now learned that like my, I mean, I graduated now, but probably a year ago, like my junior year of college, I was sitting in a classroom that the whole entire, like that's what I studied in college. Mm -hmm. But this one class was based on the lowest of like, socioeconomic classes to like be equitable in school like how Mm -hmm. to provide those children equitable experiences right and equity is something that is always confused because like equality and equity are so different right I as like a triplet from a drug addict like Mm -hmm. home like a single mom um my mom was a cake decorator my parents didn't graduate high school Mm -hmm. um my dad was an electrician like so he got his GED went to trade school so there's no one that's educated my family. Right. I didn't, my I was signing my sister's forms and like we were in eighth grade, like all the way up till we were like graduated. So it's just been really like you know, experience to learn that my mom didn't not care about us. Like that sitting in that classroom, just mm-hmm. learning about all those it's so healing. Yes. And I was just so like my eyes were open, like just new perspective to know that it's not that she didn't care. It's that I was fending for myself because she was trying so hard to fend for all of us. Mm-hmm. Like it was- and that also plays into a huge, I guess, point that I make to everybody about higher education. It doesn't necessarily have to be at a university, but any kind of higher education at all is that, okay, maybe you don't care about learning about a specific subject or whatever it might be, or, you know, this major what whatnot, but it's the experience and hearing people and kind of like not sitting there mindlessly, I guess, being really engaged with the people around you and your professors, etc. And I think that that's how you get the most out of college. And me and you had a very similar college experience in which we were hyper involved, always doing something, probably because we didn't know how to calm down right. <laughs> just like sit there, which I don't regret it at all. I love my college never. experience. It was weird, obviously, because I had COVID at the end of it um, and, like, a health problem in the beginning. But other than that, it was amazing. The, what I did, what I could do and what I could control was the best experience. And I know you probably agree with that for you. Yeah. Um, so I think that's so amazing. So I want to know how you got this job that you work at now because it's super cool and you're ridiculously young, mm-hmm. which I get, like, the same thing told to me about me and my job and the people sure. I work with. Um, so tell us how you got that job and what maybe helped you get there. Yeah. So honestly, like my whole entire story leads up to me getting mm-hmm. this job. So if I, you know, if I wasn't in the circumstances I'd ever gone through, mm-hmm. I was actually accepted going to a and like a Mm-hmm. not attending yet but like everything was in line yeah. for me to go and then I received a phone call from Tarleton that offered me basically a full ride scholarship to do um 
an agriculture judging team, like dairy judging. I um, love this. I, I was not, I had no clue oh about dairy cattle. I, I wasn't like Napoleon Dynamite. Like I didn't drink the milk. That's <laughs> disgusting. I judged the cattle because I was, like I said, I like raised yeah. beef cattle, but that's nothing yeah. like dairy cattle. Mm-hmm. So my um, ag teacher just, like I said before, she was one of the teachers who she is honestly, I owe all of my success to. And she, when my house, I work from Houston, my house flooded, like Harvey, the taxi flood, she housed us. Like she put, yes, she's one of the most amazing influential people in my whole entire life. Wow. And she told me like, you are so smart, Emily, you can do this. You are, you have a great memory. You have an awesome work ethic. Just, just memorize these things. And all of these things can come to you. And, and I just thought to myself, there's no way this is ever going to get me anywhere. I know nothing about this. It's not exciting. It's not fun. And mm. then I realized she didn't care if I knew about that subject. She just knew I was smart enough to, right. and have, I had the capability to do so because of the work ethic I had mm-hmm. and the, you know, memorization skills that I'd learned through out my years in school and I love school. I love, I always loved school, like yeah. going to school and I don't know. I just loved learning. Yeah. It was so too. fun to me. me too. Yeah. Um, so she actually helped me develop that skill. I got a phone call in the summer. Hey, Tarleton wants to offer you a fluoride scholarship, basically being paid to go to school. Yeah. Um, you only have to judge one year. The only stipulation is that you have to be an ag student. And I was like, that's fine. That's what I want to be. Yeah. Then that time came around where I felt called to do something else. Oh. And I lost my scholarship. I was offered another scholarship for something else. Like I was always provided for because mm-hmm. I followed my calling. And oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. And so I started um, volunteering. I love to talk. I think that obviously I've just never shut up. But yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> it's so important to like be bold in everything you do. And that's yes. like why I love my quote. Do one thing that scares you every day. I also just told Kayla before this. I used to wear a little bee necklace that reminded me to be bold in everything I do. Just be yourself. Just be someone who you want to be. Yeah. Because I walked up to a girl and like complimented her purse or something and we had a full-on conversation for about an hour and Mm -hmm. I left that conversation the next day was Facebook messaged by her that said hey there's this organization on campus it's select only like faculty members people in the organization there's about 15 of us only Mm -hmm. these people get to be chosen and we want you to go through the interview process and the application was due that day. She was like, I just love speaking with you. I think you'd be a great asset to our team. And I ended up becoming the vice president of the organization. I was at the Capitol, actually, um, at Tarleton Day at the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And the president was there. And his student worker was leaving because she was student teaching somewhere. And he told my it's presidential ambassador was, was the organization. Mm-hmm. He told her, her name was Sue, another amazing lady who I will rave on later. Mm-hmm. Um, she came up to me and said, Hey, the president just told me this information. I think you're super bold. You're a very hard worker. I think you'd be great in this role. So I started at the president's office in August of 2019. Mm-hmm. Yes, 2019. And I'd worked there until I graduated. Well, until January. And then I moved to the Capitol. So right. I all this to say I was in that one specific role volunteering my time and 
that led me to so many other opportunities. I was, you know, leadership in my sorority, all these leadership roles. Mm-hmm. Everyone always says, like, in college, don't take on too much. Don't take on too much. Literally sign up for every darn thing That's you can. That's what I say. That's what I say. Like, yeah, you're going to, like, have to give up some social life or, yeah. you know, probably some party that your friends want you to go to. Yeah. But if you're working hard to better yourself for the future, signing up for every organization you can experience, you know, you might not like one of those. Yeah. Just say, but you don't know unless you do it. Right. Like maybe you find like the best thing you ever joined. It's like, I did all those things. I joined every single group and I didn't just join those, but I wanted to be a leader in those. Yes. And if I didn't feel compelled to do so, I wouldn't just quit. I would still stay Mm -hmm. involved and give, you know, what I could. But if it wasn't, you know, something I wanted to commit a hundred percent to, you just decide not to and give a hundred percent somewhere else. And that's what I did to, you know, the presidential ambassadors. I became the student body vice president through that. All these things to say, I was in the president's office and the old chief of staff for a um, woman I met through that organization at a dinner. It was a goodbye dinner for that, for the old president. Cause we had a transition period for the new president mm-hmm. um, who came in, in like the same August, I guess, but so I started working there in July. Sorry, I got my okay. time mixed up. But she came to the president's office almost a year later, and she had just came from the Capitol. Mm. And she told me that there was an opportunity for me to go work at the Capitol, and she knew everyone in there. She had been there for 10 years, and she thought I'd be a really good fit. And I interviewed with the interview process, was chosen to be in a chairman's office, which is only 31 chairs, chairs out of the 150 right. representatives. Mm-hmm. So it's a very sought-after position was in that position, uh, session only. So the session happens 140 days for every odd numbered year. So 2021, yeah. there were 140 days. Worked there until May 31st is when the session ended. Signy dies, what it's called, for the Texas Capitol. And then was just thrown straight into interview processes after that. So I, you know, my passion is children and mm-hmm. I work for the former secretary of education. So like you asked earlier what my dream job yeah. was, I do like want to be a good wife and a good mom because yeah, I didn't necessarily grow up with those things. Mm. I do have a great mom. I love her very much. She's kind and caring and sweet, but I want to be structured one, childhood right, in life. I didn't have. And so I think every child does deserve that with a loving father around, you know, mm-hmm. just hopefully I can give that to them one day, but Career-wise, I would love to lead the nation, lead the state in education Mm -hmm. and education policy. Uh, I love that. That is so beautiful, Emily. I got, like, chills on multiple occasions while you were talking. I love that. Yeah, and honestly, all the things that you're saying, I think, obviously, they can't really see you through the pod, or most of them aren't going to know you personally, but I think everything that you're saying is so obvious, and the way you speak, the way you present yourself, like, it is beyond obvious that you're a kind person who wants to better yourself and your family and the community around us. And those are things that I hold super near and dear to my heart as well. My growing up was a lot different. I've had my mom on the podcast. I want to say it was episode mm. like two or three. So people know my mom basically. She's so cute. Yeah. Like if y'all want to know my mom more in depth, listen to that episode and learn more about it and her upbringing and how She's that's affected me. Wisdom. Yeah. She is so smart and I'm so lucky to have her and to think of you becoming that person that's going to inspire your kids is phenomenal. And I think the job that you have right now is easily so many people's dream jobs and you're already like 
living their dreams, you know? So I think that's so inspiring. So I wanted to talk to you today though, about like the interview process, because both you, how many jobs would you say you've worked for? It doesn't have to be an exact oh, yeah. number, but like, how many do you think you've done? Okay. So when I was listening to your podcast, I think it was your first one. Uh-huh. I don't know. You were talking about how many jobs you had. I was yeah. like, this girl and I are literally the same. Yeah. Like okay. head to head. And <laughs> like, so how many ranges. Yeah, I want to tell too. you, I don't think I've ever told you this. I went from like, okay, so I taught Bible study and swim lessons in high school. Okay. So I had four jobs in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, In college, I was a butcher. <laughs> If you guys could see Emily, she's like this tall, like model girl. Like literally, people turn their heads when we walk places because she looks like a model. And here you are with a giant knife slicing up the meats of Texas for distribution. I literally, from harvest to packaging, so like... What, Emily? I am crying right now. I can't breathe, I can't believe you're telling me this. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, Okay, how did you get butcher your job? Okay, so I was... Okay, I've had probably like 14 jobs, I don't know, uh, 10 to 15 jobs. Yes. Because I've always had to work, so I've always had, like, three or four at a time. Yes. That's, like, I the, that. I paid for school myself. Like, I know, like, I got a huge dollar from Carlton. Like, that didn't cover, like, my living, yeah. my books. Like, it just covered my yeah. classes. Like, I mean, in my dorm when I lived there for one so year. there's so much more cost associated. Like, yes. So. Which we should do an episode on that, I think. Like, the cost of college. Oh, but Okay, continue. I actually, on the, so while I was student body vice president, I served on the Texas A&M Chancellor Student Advisory Council uh-huh. and I advise like the Board of Regents about open educational resources from like a you know personal anecdote yeah. so they had never you know everyone can look at data and everyone can yeah. say oh yes so many college students are suffering how many of those you know 85 year old white men have ever sat down with a girl and said like yeah. how how is your upbringing made you not afford college yeah the fact like i got to sit in front of all of those you know very very wealthy people not saying that they didn't work for their money yeah they are amazing very influential leaders and i just joked about 85 year old i mean like there are there are a variety of races and genders and ages but all those people you know worked so hard to get there but a lot of them like i was saying earlier that you know difference between equity and and equality i am just as smart as someone who was given everything their whole mm-hmm. entire lives, they might have gotten into Harvard because they could pay the $80,000 a year tuition yeah. and I couldn't. So mm-hmm. that was not even a fathomable, like a fathomable idea because mm-hmm. no one in my family, they were right. all uneducated. No one right. told me what dual credit was. No one told me what no. anything was. I know. So like I had to do all of that myself. See, that's what business and boots is about though. That's like mean. no one is going to tell you. I mean, I guess depending on how your family is, but right. for me, same thing my parents didn't like go to college the way that we did like straight out high school or whatever so they didn't know what to tell me and I didn't have an older sister to tell me like I didn't have anyone that was that had done this right so like you gotta figure it out yeah you you better be bold go ask your college career put those boots on and ask the question strap it up strap strap on (laughs) go Okay, back to the butcher job. Okay, yeah, back to the butcher job. Okay, but all that to say, like, 
just having personal, you know, anecdotes to like share with yeah. people, like regardless, regardless of you had like, you know, and as, as intense story as mine, like, yeah, you could just, just be middle class and truly yeah. not qualify for any financial aid. That sucks mm-hmm. too. That's so, and yeah, share people. that with people and say like, you know, we need, we need more opportunity to have, you know, open educational resources that we don't have to pay for in school and talk to your college professors. I swear to you, they don't even know what's going on. I work for the president and I babysat his kids. Like we would be sitting down in his living room after I like babysit for them. And he'd be like, so what's happening in the university? And I would say, let me tell you, they're all mad at you. They all hate you because you raised their tuition by five freaking dollars. Yeah. He didn't do that. Some data person in the CFO's office had to do that just based on costs. So mm-hmm. anyways, that's back to the job story. I had to work so many jobs in my life all at the same time because I had to pay for college myself. And um, <clears throat> so I had all these jobs and from a butcher to a waitress to like working at a um, boutique or a marina. Yeah. I worked at Lake Marina for a while getting gas for all the sugar daddies. No <laughs> way. I worked everywhere. That's like me at the golf course. Literally, but you're the boat version. Yes, anywhere. I love the water. Anyways, anywhere yeah. that would hire me, I love to work. I honestly do. I mean, if I didn't have to, I wouldn't. Like, yeah. I also would probably get bored. So the butcher yeah. job, I was in between, like, transitioning jobs. I worked for Jimmy John's. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I worked for another sandwich place, like, in Stephenville. I have to tell you. This is part of my next story. Yeah. But, um, okay, back to that. <laughs> um, I was in between jobs with my sorority president, who's actually one of my best friends still to this day. We talk to each other every day. Mm-hmm. She said, hey, we need a person. Someone just left. They went to graduate school. We need someone who can work really hard, who has a really strong work ethic, who isn't afraid of getting dirty, who knows animals, you know, I raised yeah, beef cattle, yeah. I raised steers, so I knew that I, I'd never done this, but I was yeah. taught, I kind of was just given a set of knives and said, here you go, No. and she taught me, it was her and I, my best friend, who was my sorority That cousin. is so, and we just did yeehaw. it, for like nine Cereal. months, I did it for nine months, was, was it fun? Um, it was the hardest job I've ever had in my whole entire really? life, I was paid minimum wage, what is the minimum wage in California? Uh, I, I'm not going to, not to sound like pretentious, but I haven't been paying minimum wage in so long, but I would guess like 12 to $13. It is $7 and 25 cents in Texas. <gasps> I was paying minimum wage to oh. literally cut up cows. That sounds horrible. Yeah. However, isn't that psycho? I woke up at like seven or six. I woke up at five to six every morning to get there at seven and then left at five thirty or six. So it wasn't in Stephenville? No, it was, oh. but I had to get there so early to load up the cattle to get them prepared. <laughs> oh no. Okay. This is real life. This is real life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we did it. I mean, it was two girls doing it. So we obviously like yeah. we're compelled to be emotional. And so we were very, oh you know, gentle and yeah, it's all course. done humanely. There's a yeah. state inspector there who would watch us the whole time. And I mean, it was all humane, very yeah. humane. Um, yeah. Anyways, interview processes to get there. Okay. So back to the whole interview process. And I guess this can be applied to any of your jobs, not just the one you're at now. And the story you told to the whole um, capital job, obviously like, is very unique situation. Like you said, your whole life basically led up to that. Um, 
But so what would you say besides that slash with all of your jobs, what has been one main like commonality besides the need, like I need the money besides that, what's been a commonality in maybe the interview process or how you presented yourself? Like what is kind of maybe your ritual, your job application ritual? Because I know I have one. So do you have anything that you always do? Or yeah, I actually am super. I think that personal, like personability. Mm-hmm. How do you say that? Like, yeah, ha- personality. Being, yeah, being very personable is super important. I always think about something I've been told. When you're in any situation, if you remember, you know, someone was kind to you, someone was rude to you, someone mm-hmm. was hateful toward you. You rarely ever remember every word they said to you, but you do remember exactly how they made you feel. So when you walk into an interview, first, you never, you know, you never, even if they are the person on the side of the building who looks like they're homeless, you say, hello, you are kind to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, must are like really scary, like, you know, (laughs) cracked out, but you are kind (laughs) to every human that you come in contact with. I've watched just so many little I actually was on a job interview team in high school where I would mm-hmm. travel the state and the country and do mock interviews with professionals it was a competition I won competitions all over the state that is amazing <laughs> it's such a nerdy thing but I'm honestly, a professional I'm a interviewee professional. <laughs> and just like Kayla I've never not been offered a job that I was interviewed for mm-hmm. and that's because I just make sure that every person I come in contact with the person who checked me in the scheduler the secretary mm-hmm. the janitor i knew every, everybody at the capitol i still know all the janitors names and one of the janitors her aida her daughter's name was emily and she graduated the same day from college as me and she was the Aww. first graduate i know she showed me pictures they were so like all of those people and then i went and visited after i bought my my current job and she gave a came up to me and gave me a big hug. I was actually giving my old high school ag teacher, the one who I yeah. love and adore. Her daughter is now in I used to babysitter. Now she's in high school. Aww. Which makes me feel so old, yeah. honestly. Um but they were there and there was a door that leads to the Capitol Vault and sometimes it's unlocked and reps know about it or reps will show their staff and then the staff know about it and yeah. that's it. And it's not on the main tour. You have to know about it to get in. But it was locked because it was a huge day at the Capitol. A lot of people were visiting. And Aida saw me. And I was like, Aida, I have missed you so much. I talked to her. And then I said at the very end, I was like, could you do me a favor? (laughs) So I got to show my old actor, like, the lady who gave me everything. Because I knew the janitor. Exactly. So, like, they wouldn't have the opportunity. I wouldn't have been able to share my passions and all the things I've learned. Because if you're some random girl, she's like, no, I'm not opening the door for you. Exactly. So it's just so, so pertinent. Like, such Mm -hmm. an important thing in life to do that. It doesn't matter who they are. So I always try to do that. I always – something that's super important is to never let anyone doubt – your age because Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how young or old you are that person who has interviewed you decided to do that knowing your experience level absolutely your age based off of your resume when you have your onboarding they know your age you give them your freaking birth they know the year you were born they know how many years of college you were Mm -hmm. there they know all of your your experience exactly and if they ever for a second mention there's an inkling of a doubt because of any mm-hmm. of those things your experience your age they knew that at the beginning that should Absolutely. not be something that they should hold against you ever it doesn't matter your age it matters 
the thing that matters is your capability. And if you if you're confident in your capabilities, because of the experiences you've gone through, you know, work related or um, personal, then you are then you know how capable you are of accomplishing accomplishing a task, accomplishing, you know, a a work project exactly. successfully. So I always go in being confident in the experiences that I've had. I share personal anecdotes, which proves your passion. Mm-hmm. So that is the reason I have the job now. Funny story. They interviewed me for the wrong job. What? I was, so the capital, like political, like political, <laughs> political world. Um, it is very like who, you know, type situations. Right. A lot of things are a lot of, a lot of industries are, however, absolutely the, yeah. like political world, that is a whole other story. And the reason I have my job is because one of my friends at the Capitol who I made, because I said hi one time, mm-hmm. sent my resume to a girl that she knew there who like found my number and email and contacted me. So I never actually applied for my job. I was just like reached out to yeah, and they never sent me. Yeah, yeah, I was recruited and they never sent me a job description. So I went on the website and looked at the job postings. Yeah. The job posting was for a position in Dallas working for like that office, not for my position now. And I do like policy engagement and events for all types of policy areas in the capital um, and advocacy. And I was interviewing for basically an administrative director position, which would be fine. I've done that before. Yeah. I just didn't really, you know, I wasn't really passionate about that. Yeah. And in my interview, I was, I was sharing all the things I was passionate about, all of my story about being, yeah. you know, called to education and how excited I was to serve in a role where I could support an organization through administrative roles. And he was like, yeah, you know what this job does, right? And I said, oh, yes, sir, I'd be the administrative director in Dallas. He said, uh, no, that's not. No, I, I don't was know like, what I would have done. I literally was like, oh, uh, well, <laughs> okay, what what job are you interviewing? Like, yeah. he, that job was never posted. They Girl. recruited me. Like, so I didn't, I had no clue. They didn't send me the job description before yeah. because I thought I was interviewing for the position that was on the website. So it was such, it was such a, you know, pivotal point in my mindset where I said, great, what am I supposed to do now? Like I, this was my dream. I wanted to do this. I wanted to work for this company that had so many values aligned with mine. I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to be this. I got a call the week later and was offered the job because I shared all of my passions. He called me and said, Emily, I have never seen anyone with such a fire under their belly for you know, values of our company, the mission mm-hmm. of our company, because of your personal anecdotes, your, you know, your personal story. I know in interviews, they always say, don't share too much. Don't be too vulnerable. Like you share whatever has made you mm-hmm. the person you have become. Exactly. That is what, you know, fuels your capability. I'm capable of being, you know, empathetic toward people, which drives business. Exactly. If they don't care and trust for you, like as a business person, then why are you doing business with them? Exactly. So if you share all those things and show you're capable of doing those things, then that person who's interviewing you will recognize that mm-hmm. regardless of what position you're in. Absolutely. Just like my position, I wasn't being interviewed for the right position that I thought. But because I, I portrayed all of my passions yeah. and portrayed all my capabilities through the experiences I've gone through, he called me right back and said, you know, I've seen so many candidates try to 
be so, you know, specific to this posting, but you were that without even knowing what the job was about. That is <laughs> insane, it's Emily. It's crazy. And the crazy thing is, is that that was like such a fight or flight. Yes. In an interview, like an interview is already kind of high intensity, like emotion emotions are up like yes so cortisol much. levels in the sky like crazy everything and for you to be sitting I can't even imagine and I know that I would adapt because that's the kind of person I am I'm adapting yes, to overcome and adaptable. figure it out yeah figure it out and being adaptable is always my number one like the thing I'm best at anytime yeah. they ask me and it's obvious under in the way pressure. that I work under very pressure. good exactly and look at you under pressure <laughs> That is crazy. I can't believe you never told me that. I it's really a funny story. I actually have not shared it with I think I've shared it with two people in my company because I'm so scared all the time. Yeah. And you know, I, I used to I've only been there for like a short while. Yeah. But the whole like first few weeks, I was so scared I didn't belong. It's I, such imposter syndrome. Yeah, I was I just, the same way. Yes, I was thinking to myself, man, I don't belong here, man, I don't belong here. And I told my boss that one day because he looked and he's like, Emily, you're you had so much potential in your interview and you have that you've been working ahead of everyone. You've been working, mm -hmm. you know, overworking what you're supposed to, what I've been asking you like for your yield, you've been yeah. overdoing that, but I can tell something's off. And I said, you know, I have felt this whole time. I don't belong here because mm -hmm. I wasn't even interviewed for this job. I just was kind of handy. He goes, Emily, you beat out people who interviewed for that job. So mm -hmm. don't doubt yourself because like you are already proving your capabilities. So why Absolutely. are you, why are you doubting yourself? Absolutely. Which is not something I'm, I'm used to. I don't yeah. usually, I'm so usually confident in yeah. myself. But And I think be, this is a huge thing to say to everyone. So if you haven't been listening this whole time, maybe listen right now when I say this, but when you graduate college, especially, or maybe you're out of high school, you didn't choose to go to college or whatever, that first job straight out of college, like the big girl job, that's the one where you feel like the biggest like weenie, like yes. you should not be there. You don't know what you're doing. It's like, okay, it's time to practice what I preach. Like back in college, all my jobs, I was like, oh my God, I'm so yeah, cool. Like, do like, you know who I am? Yeah, like, I oh my God. Like, oh, I did everything in this college. Like I basically, I'm president of Cal I was Pomona. the queen. Yeah. I literally was the queen of Charlton and I literally feel like nothing. Exactly. <laughs> and it's almost like in middle school when you go into high school and you're like, oh, I'm so scared of yes. everyone. Like they know everything and I don't. That's how it feels when you start your first like big girl job. And I felt the exact same way. And even in my job, I've been working there for how many months? Like five months or something, six months. And I still feel that way. And it's because they're so much older than I am. Yes. And just exactly what you said, like, don't doubt yourself because yeah. you're young. Or That goes back to, like, the whole young. Yeah, just because you don't think that you're experienced enough or whatever it might be. They hired you because they thought, oh, my God, she's so they driven. They saw something in you, mm -hmm. yes. And even if you don't see it in yourself, and I think it's, amazing and I don't know if I ever talked about this it might have been on like my most recent episode that when I had my like quarterly meeting with my boss she was telling me all the stuff like I could see you advancing into this position and that position and the whole time I was like I'm not doing a good job like I don't know what I'm doing I am literally less than half of the age of probably majority of the people that I work with in my position so I don't know. I felt really not defeated, but just like literally imposter syndrome. Like, I shouldn't than. be here. You just feel yeah. less than. That's, and there that's had been the multiple worst. conversations that I had with 
even not even people in my position, people who are lower positions than I am telling me that you're oh literally word for word. Oh, you're like, you're just dumb and young and you don't know what you're doing. Exactly. That is and not I, true. It's so and I was true. like, and it's only one person that told me that. And she's kind of a mean and bitter person on her own. So it's Gross. none of my don't business. Don't be like that. Everyone listening, exactly. don't do that. So that's none of my business. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is so nice to me. And she's nice to me too now. That was a, many months ago. But it was just, I felt so defeated when she said that. I was like, maybe I shouldn't be here. But did that let me, did that stop me from doing my job? No. And in fact, I have been offered more advancement and experience in the company that's going to help me down the line as well. So yeah, exactly. Same, same exact thing. Like people, you might not feel good about yourself, but other people see things in you. Other people want to offer you new opportunities. And I'm sure even in your company, you'll be offered more opportunities as well because obviously they love you. Yeah. And that also like also goes to say that, I, my biggest love language ever is words of affirmation. Mm. When you get a big girl job, they don't always give you words of affirmation. Oh my God, not at all. <laughs> you have to give that to yourself. And yes. that, it just is really awful. Sometimes when you need that so bad, you're longing for yeah. it. And you have to tell yourself, mm-hmm. man, I am worth it. I am good enough. I can do this. I am capable. I did my best. I, yes. Yeah. And so it's just so hard to, to work so long and so hard on a project and, know that you did a good job but that's also your job so no one's gonna tell you Mm -mm. you did a good job at doing your basic bare minimum job yeah so that's not their job to do that it's not their position i mean that is their position to look after you supervise you make sure that you're completing the task yeah but you should already be right exactly it's (laughs) not their obligation to be like oh my gosh you're such a hard worker no you're doing what you're supposed to do yeah so that is such an awakening and that all goes also to say that I have always been a talker, like I I already mentioned, and I think in your one of your episodes you said, um, in school it always said, oh, Kayla just can't stop talking. Yeah. Okay, that was me. Yeah, and it goes me and my mom's episode. Yes, where we yes, talked yes. about that. Yeah. I love to talk, and that's just because I love people so much. Me I too. really think that God gave me the last name Love because I just love everyone. I just want to love. You're so cute. Love. I just love it. <laughs> I just like are so amazing like this yeah. whole earth is here and yeah every single human just being a triplet my sisters and i all live different lives one of my sisters is pregnant and engaged one of them has my nine-month-old nephew they mm-hmm. all live in houston so like we all live the same age yeah in the same household with the same same genes but exactly different lives completely. and all the same timing we all have such such vast you know lives like mm-hmm. different types of lives and it's just I, you know, all humans are just created so differently and crazy that we're all here just trying to like make it and we all have something to say. Everyone mm-hmm. has something that they think is important. It is important, but that's also, you know, something you have to think about. I have something important to say, but so does Kayla and yeah. so does whoever and so does whoever. If you have, if you want to, you know, become richer in your wisdom and your life and your experiences, Think about the two cents you have. Oh, I always have to put in my two cents. I have to give everyone my two cents. Mm. You're going to run out of cents real quick now. <laughs> I'll have zero cents. So that is so true. If I take your cents and I take their cents, I take their cents. I have six more cents than I had. Mm-hmm. Now I got eight cents. Like, I. I that is beautiful, Emily. <laughs> oh my God. I saw you talk to me all day. Oh my goodness. And I think that's the same for like back to our interview, you know, yeah. to try to tie back in. When you're in an interview, just. You don't have to, you, they can ask you so many questions and you can just sit there and say, you know, 
That's a really good question. Let me let me reflect on all the times of all the different jobs I've had. I've had so many because I've had a lot of growing experiences. Mm-hmm. And you just take a you don't have to answer right away. Just take a second. Think literally think about your words. No one thinks about what they're about to say. I rarely do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Same. And so if you think about that and you you listen to what they said, you can you can pick out you know. Exactly. They ask you what's an experience that you had where you were a good leader. They're mm-hmm. not looking for the time you were saying you're a good leader. They're looking for the time you listened to someone, mm-hmm. you encouraged someone, you you know worked as a team with someone. They're they're mm-hmm. looking for leadership qualities. They're not looking for you to say, "I was a leader when I spoke to the crowd." Exactly. Great. You have one aspect of a leader. You can public speak. I, you know everyone can do that. They get over there. Fear. Yeah. Um, fun fact, um, in interviews, in high school competitions, they ask you the weirdest questions so you're thrown off guard. They ask you what type of ice cream you would be, or like chocolate bar, or like what part yeah. of a tree you would be. Anytime they ask you a weird question like that, you say, oh, if I was a chocolate bar, I'd be regular Hershey's because everything needs a good foundation. If you can be a good foundation, be chocolate, you can add peanuts, you can add Caramel, you could have anything. I work with the Okay, ice cream. You just say I would be regular, plain old vanilla. At at the front forefront, everyone thinks you're you're basic, you're plain. But you know what? You're the foundation, the roots for any type yes. of ice cream that anyone in the world can make. You you put people on your team. You lead that team by adding to others. You yeah. you you know take from like wisdom from others. You take their caramel. You take their marshmallows, and you become the most unique flavor that you can. Yeah. With a good foundation. That's what you do. And that's like, <laughs> and that honestly also includes the adaptability. Yeah, like a normal chocolate you. bar can adapt to basically any other yes. ingredient you want to throw at it and that's oh why you God. show an interview like you're adaptable like you don't never tell someone i'm adaptable like these you can say these are my strengths but once you get there um like you just say like these are the things i can present you oh another this is okay if you listen to anything yeah. besides me like do yeah. you scare or be bold if you're in an interview and they ask you like what makes you better than other candidates honey mm. you are never better than anyone yeah I, never talk never. down never talk down on the other candidates you for say, sure yeah but. you say i actually don't you know considering i don't know those people personally mm-hmm. i can't tell you how i'm better than them or yeah. how i'm a better choice i may not be however mm-hmm. what i can give to this company is my then you list your strings. My mm-hmm. my dedication, my passion, my 110% work ethic. Yeah, I can give you all these things. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's when you kind of turn the table. Like, make sure yes. they don't – if they don't want you, like, why would you want them, first of all? Exactly. But mm-hmm. second <laughs> – Apply that to all aspects of your life, not just the job interview. Okay. Take that as you will. When you're in a, When you are in an interview – you also want to make sure that you are going to be a good fit for your own mental health. Absolutely. If you're there and they're asking you these questions and you say their strength, your strengths, then they're not even, you know, remotely like intrigued by you or they mm-hmm. have no interest in what you're talking about. And you're talking about something you're passionate for and they are not, you know, asking you more questions. If, if you're sharing like my whole life story, if I was in an interview and I shared all of those things that have impacted me so significantly and the 
you know, interviewer, like, my now boss was like, okay. Yeah, like, we're basically not even paying attention. Yeah, and I would not want to be there because I know that's not a company that cares about my personal well-being. And so, Which you do not want to be part of that because I have been in companies like that and you don't perform well. You hate being there. Right. You're basically living for a paycheck, which I don't think, I mean, you shouldn't be living for your job. That shouldn't be the only thing that you care about, but you should, like, want to be there right you in know some days it shouldn't feel like a job i mean yeah. it, it will who wants like sit in office all day yeah. but also sometimes you love it so much because of your passions that mm-hmm. are behind it exactly. you know like i love children mm-hmm. i don't work with children right mm-hmm. now i keep stickers on my desk just in case a child comes to work i do that too you're kidding why are we like no literally today there was a i mean i don't i don't think i've really said what i do as like an actual job because i don't want to say it because it's kind of public <laughs> but there was a kid who came in with her mom and the kid she reminded me a lot of me when i was and i've done this multiple Aww. times but this is like just for today she had little curly blonde hair cowboy boots a little sparkly star skirt <gasps> yes, i don't remember what her top Kayla, was but Kayla. i was like this is me right now and the kid you could tell she did not want to be there her mom was like an in and out type of person like needed some questions answered and how to go and the kid like wouldn't stay in one place for a second so i'm baby kill yeah (laughs) truly so i'm the kind of person like walk as i talk like let's you know be productive we don't have to stand and talk right efficiency efficiency. so i'm like okay i'm walking with this lady because obviously her kid's not going to stay still so i'm like let's keep on walking so this kid is walking so i walk over to where i keep the stickers so i pull out this sheet of stickers oh, and they're they're sheet. makeup stickers so they're like little oh, like makeup brushes little like compacts like glitter so and stuff cute. and so i gave it to a girl with like this little paper on one side it's like stripe or just like normal yeah. paper and the other side it's like a picture of like models basically for one yeah. of the brands and so i was like here you can like decorate the ladies or you can um like just put the stickers wherever you want and that kept the kid occupied the entire time Aww, but so honestly cute. that like small things like that like what we just said yeah. are things that really do set you apart as right. an employee and as just like a person that's like with a le- heart. legitimately i've gotten yeah. offered so many jobs at the capitol i kept stickers there too i kept crayon like i kept mm-hmm. so many things I, I was just like coming from teaching so i mm-hmm. i brought all those things with me and i had lobbyists come in one after the other just saying oh my gosh like if you need a job after this literally call me you know how many lobbyists called me after the session was over so many, i went to lunch with four of them that week talking about job offers That's because of they they saw me interact with people they saw me interact with kids just show your empathy and just you know be who you are set out to be you don't have to love kids you don't have to love people to yeah. I mean, just care for them. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, you might not be the most empathetic person. You might not be the most, you know, caring person for children. Children might annoy you. That doesn't mean you don't have to keep stickers in your desk. You don't. But if you just, you know, just show any type of care and passion for humankind at all, just, like, you want to help others, that is the number one you know, step in advancing your future mm-hmm. as a business person or whatever career field you want to be in. If they, if someone sees that you are a person who is trustworthy, a person who other people can, you know, feel comfortable approaching, that is all you need to sell a business. Like mm-hmm. I said earlier, they're not going to remember. They're not going to remember every single word you said, but mm-hmm. they're going to remember how they made you feel. Exactly. If you make me feel very important, I'm going to buy all of the product you have because you yeah. make me feel important. So Exactly. And I think another, it's something that kind of ties into that is 
thinking about the people that you work with and what you like about them. Mm -hmm. So from my previous job, I remembered what do I like about the people that I work with when I was coming into my current job. In my last job, the people I worked with, it was all remote. So it was kind of hard to say. Um, but based on like how we would communicate over computer and stuff and like teams and little meetings and phone calls and stuff, I remembered like the people, same thing, who made me feel important, like I was doing a good job, that were kind to me, that, you know, weren't disrespectful to like the other team members, like small things like that, bringing it into your current job. And maybe this is, you're applying for your first job at all, period. Well, maybe think about how your friends or teachers or anybody has interacted with you and take little good pieces about yes. everybody and kind of stitch yeah. it together. Um, but for me, like even in my current job, I can name to you the top people. I love like pretty much everyone I work with, mm-hmm. but the top people that I work She's with and why. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I say like no, 90%. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, like I could name to you all the, my favorite people and why. And it's because they're kind people. They're easy to talk yeah. to. They, when you're talking to them, it actually looks like, you know, like they're paying attention and engaging. And ask you about things of your life. Exactly. And like remember those things. Exactly. And remember those things. Exactly. And that's what I said earlier about your big girl job. People don't give you words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. That's not how it has to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be the person, you know, you be can the, the change. one that gives it to everyone Yeah. Else. And if that your boss isn't doing that, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean you can't be that person. So I have people at my work who I absolutely adore. All of everyone I work with, honestly, is so kind and sweet mm-hmm. and caring. I just like, you know, love words of affirmation. Not saying that this job, I do get a lot of words of affirmation at this mm-hmm. job. At the Capitol, they don't, there is such a culture that needs to be changed there, but that's yeah. a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the people on my policy team, they ask me every, like they ask me every day when I walk in, how was your evening? How was your weekend? Yeah. One girl who I, I like look up to in every way. She, mm-hmm. when she first got to, um, our company, she took everyone individually out to lunch to see how they enjoyed our company and how she can wow. help them make their experience, you know, their tenure had already been there, how she could help them advance the work of the company by working with them individually. It's beautiful. It, isn't it? It's like amazing. I can't even tell you how much she has already impacted, impacted my time at this place so positively. Mm-hmm. And same with, you know, I work right next to a guy who he's married. He has a super, super extensive background. He's extremely smart. And he, ask me every day, like, how can I help you? How can I make your life easier? Mm-hmm. And he always, he always gives me words of affirmation. Like always yeah. tells me I'm doing a good job. My boss does too, but like from the Capitol to here, I feel like I'm being praised and worshiped. Mm-hmm. Like, Emily, you're doing such a good job. And the Capitol, I didn't really get that. And it's like, you can be the person to do that right. for others. So other people start doing it. Like you can exactly. just be the change. So I that. completely agree with that. And even where I work, it is kind of like what I do is, a little bit looks based, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Like, it's not like everyone has to look a certain way because everyone right. can look however they want to, honestly. But it's like a lot of pe- about people expressing themselves, and some people's styles might not be the same as mine. Yeah. But I still take time to acknowledge, like, oh my god, this looks so good on you. Like, right? Like, wow, like your eyes are really popping out, like with whatever makeup or you know stuff like that. And even saying talking about people's like resilience and things like that's really huge like today one of my co-workers she had this is like so sad so sorry to like take a turn for the worst but, <laughs> but the worst. she had to put her dog down today <gasps> oh, and she cool. showed up to work like this morning 
Yeah, mm-hmm. she, she was at work this morning and she at five like left at three and her dog was gonna be passed away by five. Oh my gosh. It's so sad. And so I was like, let's say her name was like Martha. I was like I was like Martha, like literally. I was like, Martha, I am so sorry that's happening. Like, let me know what I could do for you. But also like I can't believe that you're here. Like that you're so strong and you are handling this so well and I'm so proud of you. And she was just like, thank you. And you like showed me a picture of her dog and it was really sad. And then I went to go do something else. But yeah. So, and I'm sure she'll probably show up tomorrow and I'm going to be like, Martha literally don't get told that. Like, yeah, I have rarely been. And I know she lives on her own, like doesn't have like a partner that she comes home to or anything like that. That might might not have heard that besides from you. Exactly. And so I don't know, maybe everyone's telling her that, but also maybe everyone isn't. And tomorrow I will buy her coffee and give her a hug because oh, that's, that's it's so sad. But yeah, admiring not just the physical things about someone, but their resilience, yes, strength, internal. internal. Like the kindness aspect. I feel mm-hmm. like everybody just says how kind they are. Like, yeah, how they want to be so kind and like change the world and like whatever. Some people like just fall out of that so quickly. It's so easy to. And mm-hmm. so if you keep reassuring them, yes. you're such a kind person. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for always making me feel good then they will stick to that. And yeah. Remember to It'll show be kindness. bumped up to the front of their personality, yeah. which is never a bad thing. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So I feel like we've given some pretty solid tips and tricks on how to be just a good person as well as a good employee and a good person just to be interviewing for a job, you know, besides the normal stuff that you can easily Google, like print your resume and take it to the interview with you and, you know, follow up and things like that. I feel like we've given some really great um, tips. Is there anything else that you have to add or do you feel like you've kind of... Yeah, I feel like I've... Highlighted the number one things. Yeah, I feel like I've really highlighted all the things that I think about. I mean, if you ever have any specific questions, then definitely um instagram dm business and foods podcast yes, and we will absolutely and kill will relay that message to me yes. and i'll get back to you or you can follow me yeah um, follow yourself at emily elizabeth love um is my actual name so beautiful <laughs> sounds oh fake no. <laughs> um yeah your resume print out on resume paper mm-hmm. um do one thing that scares you every day be bold literally the worst thing they can tell you is no Mm-hmm. Have you heard of rejection therapy? No. Oh my gosh. This guy on TikTok so. is doing it right now. He's going, I think it's like 30 days or 100 days or something. 100 days. Where he goes around and asks people things he thinks he will be rejected to, like by, whatever. Yeah. So he he was on a flight and he was like, oh, this is going to be easy reje- rejection, day 25, something. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, I'm on my flight. I'm going to ask the Southwest pilot during my layover if I could tour the cockpit and like press some buttons yeah. and crap <laughs> and, and he said yes like oh he, what? And then i got to go in i had this full tour and it was so cool like and he thought he was gonna be rejected oh, yeah. or even on the first day he like i went through all the tiktoks dude because i want to do yeah. it i love doing i love being bold yeah do something that scares you that and, gives me so much anxiety but it sounds very like therapeutic yeah, it exactly. really was like now he goes up to people and he just asks for what he wants like for what he wants because he's not scared of being told no because he's been told no yeah. so many times now. So what is the worst thing can tell you? It's like literally no. Yeah. So just and most of the time it's like not personal. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, That's so it's because important of something say, else, right? Yeah, like for certain rules or like things like that. Yeah, like know? he went into Subway and asked if he can make his own sandwich. Obviously, he doesn't have his yeah. food license. They had to say no because of health reasons. Like yeah. some things are just 
truthfully, you cannot, you know, you can change those no's to a yes. You could go get hired by a subway. You could go and get your food handler's license, but that's takes, it takes work. Like it takes time and work and you can work to not be told no. But for the things you want, like yes. she did it for fun. Like you could, you could yeah. actually ask for your dream job and be told yes because you have all those qualifications, qualifications already, exactly. and like you don't have to mm-hmm. get any extra certifications. You already have them, but you might be just be too scared to ask. Do it anyways. Uh, Do I it. Love scared. that. Emily. Okay, so as the last segment of business and boots. I do a boots in the ground business story. So you get to tell a funny story, a sad story, a traumatizing story, anything that you think is like kind of unique to you or whatever. Um, yeah, just something that's interesting. Okay, this has been my most awaited moment. <laughs> I cannot tell you. I, I was thinking about this today. Okay? You're like, I did not care about the interview. I'm here for boots in the exactly. ground. Exactly. <laughs> and now you need to hear my advice, I talk for hours and hours about that. Um, just, you know, considering all the roles that I've been in, I've had so many, so many experiences. I've gotten right. to meet amazing people, you know, working at the Capitol. I've gotten so many good experiences. <laughs> Why did I think you were just, like, working with the cows? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Sure. Okay, yes, the cows. That was honestly a great experience. Like, I learned the most about myself yeah. just, you know, because of yeah. the hard work. Anyways, the best job the worst job, the best job story. Yeah. I was a waitress at this, um, like waitress, but we weren't really servers. We had, we were the ones at the counter that took the order. Oh, okay. And like sometimes we r- would run their food. So okay. we were runners and yeah. Yeah. If you've ever been to like, it was a, like a deli. Yeah. So it was a sandwich and soup place, but the owner, oh my gosh, if anyone from Stephenville America ever listens to this, they're going to know exactly. Oh my god, exactly. my cousin went there, so I'm gonna send this to Shut her. Shut up. Okay, uh, I'm not gonna say the name. That's the name, yeah, for legal oh, reasons. No, for legal reasons, they <clears throat> make you sign a confidentiality form that says like lie to the customers and say that all of the food is made in house. It's made in house, but it's all frozen and like Campbell soup and Walmart bread. I swear to you, it is delicious, and yeah. I would still eat it every day. But I had to sign this while I was working there. Like, obviously, I'm not bound to those legalities now. Yeah, because you there and But when you worked there, you had to. And the owners, like, micromanaged you all the time. Like, they were very sweet. It's, like, this British guy and his wife who, like, from out of state, out of country. This like, is, like, a mom and pop shop. A mom and pop, okay. A1. But the number one most, you know, sought-after food place, the line would be out the door. Sometimes I swear to you. It's crazy. It's super good food. Yeah. However... This one time I was working and it was a summer day. I was hot. The thing about the manager, he always very nice to everyone. Mm-hmm. I got a job there because I started like talking to him. He remembers everybody's name. You come in, you know, like that TV or like movie that you watch. It's like, oh, you want your usual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did yeah. that to everyone. And he made you remember everybody's usual yeah. as well. You had to know their name. You had to know their order because he did that as well. And so that's how he got so much business. He, he's You banking. made him feel special, yeah. He would charge $14 for half a sandwich with Walmart bread and Campbell's soup and frozen cookie dough. I swear. Oh, $14. Okay. So this summer day. Like about the manager micromanaging. If you messed up, then the the it would come out of your paycheck. So like if you would give him a cookie and not charge him for it on accident, but wrote on your order, it would come out of your paycheck. It was fifty cents, but still like, those fifty cents. Oh my cents gosh! At the weekly like paycheck time, yeah, he would count. You would have to count them for like yourself, and then you turn those in, and then 
you have to save every receipt. It was awful. Like the most awful micromanaging thing. That is insane. Dude, it was horrible. And so the summer day I was working, um, it was just him and I, his wife was gone. They, we did salads too. And the salads were delish, like all homemade dressing. I can make the best daggum ranch you've ever had oh like, so actually homemade. Mm, so good yes like, okay. okay that was the only homemade thing about the store was the freaking dressings yeah. and i made a lot of them and um i just did the dressing part the cooks did like the lettuce part but they're supposed to wash them very like heavily yeah they're like worms and stuff in there right? oh my gosh dude this lady was eating a salad and she was there's like a wall by the um register like you can't see okay and she like kind of screamed a little and i was like I kind of walked around, like, peeked my head. I was like, are, are you okay, ma'am? Yeah. You're just her. Just her. This summer day, no one else was in the shop. Like, I think it was, like, not a lunchtime, not yeah. a dinner time, right in the middle. So, no one was really in there. Super slow day. Probably, like, a Tuesday. Nothing yeah. significant. And she screamed a little. And I walked around. And I was like, is everything okay? She's like, uh, could you please come look at this? And I, no, so I just came to look so at her salad. And you know that guy who was on TikTok who had the little headphone and it saying like, "Once I worked in retail." Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that yeah. Guy, I did a TikTok for this freaking salad because the lady looked at me and she goes, "Is this?" <laughs> no, I'm so scared. She said, "Is this a grasshopper <gasps> in my salad? This huge." Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I just choked. <laughs> oh my god. Not even a tiny grasshopper, like a huge green, like ginormous, like with all the legs. It was she almost bit she did it oh, right. Thank God. I have chills on my tongue. And you know what happened? I grabbed the salad. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm I'm so sorry. I apologize. I'm I profusely apologize to this woman. I'm so sorry. Grabbed her salad. She was like, I understand, like it might not be washed. Like sometimes you forget to wash the things. Like she was so kind. And I walk up to him and I was I said, Hey Bob, mm-hmm. you know, hypothetical. This woman just found a grasshopper in her look at this. It's huge. Yeah. I normally say like, we had it still. I wish I took a dang picture of it. Yeah. And he goes, Oh, okay, we'll just just take it out. And I said, No, we need to get her a new salad. And yeah. he was like, Okay, well, it's coming out of your paycheck. He made me take the salad, and these were like twelve dollar yeah. salads, and they were just like lettuce. They were good yeah. salads, but like yeah. lettuce, you know. And I offered her a free cookie too, and a new salad to go, like so she could leave, whatever. Yeah. And he made me pay. For the salad and the cookie. And I said, you're absolutely kidding me. Yeah. She just found a grasshopper in your business's salad. And you're going to make me pay for yeah, it. It's, it's not, not your my fault. fault. And so she just thought it was hilarious. And that I had to pay for the salad. Because she like laughed at the guy's face. And was like, I'm not shopping here anymore. Or eating here anymore. You made your employee pay for something that's your fault. Yeah. Like your cook's fault. That y'all didn't wash your lettuce. So that was my business in boots. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Grasshopper and salad. That is the funniest one, like out of all the places I worked in. Oh, sure. that just I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't I feel nauseous. Yeah. And also, side note, if any of you follow my personal Instagram, Kayla BBG, there was a cricket in my house. Oh my gosh. And I didn't know what it like in California where I mostly grew up. 
there like is not a lot of bugs. Like you'll see the occasional like black Green widow, witch. couple ants. A like, black widow. Oh my god. Yeah, which is like not that big of a deal to me. What? Like yeah. I used to be like that. Used to be you know how you would think as a child that quicksand. Was yeah, gonna I was, was going to say quicksand. Yeah. Okay, like in your life, I thought that black widows were going to be like a huge. Oh no, I would god. see black widows like all the time, like in the summer, <gasps> Ooh, and it wasn't like not like every day, but at least like once or twice in the summer. And maybe I don't even recall ever killing a spider like on my own. Like I did obviously have a dad who like probably did all those things for us and I just like blacked <laughs> it out. But never once had I seen a cricket in real life. Like I had heard of them, obviously. Like you're like Jiminy Cricket, Pinocchio. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh so that's goodness. what I'm envisioning. And so that there's that cricket in my house. And I didn't know what a cricket cricket looks like. I don't know what a grasshopper looks like. But let me tell you guys. She would have ate it. Every, she thought it was seasoning. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, and God. everyone was literally roasting me on my Instagram I think story. I roasted you everyone also. roasted me. And most of the people, not most, but I'd say like 50% of who follows me and probably 80% of who was roasting me were people from Texas. Mm. But the people that I asked, like my personal friends who Asked like a guy from Denver, asked another person from like Boston, another person from California. Nobody knew what it was, like my personal friends that I was talking That's to in that moment. Funny. So it's like a Texas saying. Okay, crickets like invade like high school. Okay, like, my my school, my high school, my college. My aunts were saying my, like the Capitol building, because like the ceilings are so high, there's like hundreds of hundreds of like stairs and underground and like we're we're underground what are they, all what the time they they're do? everywhere like uh, what they, they just make noise like they don't really bug why you. are they there <laughs> uh, they don't really <laughs> um i don't really know their purpose they eat other little bugs like spiders and stuff i guess okay. um but i don't know why they come in like fleets but like the capital there's like march they're marching they literally they march the, the capital like, <laughs> we have some a bug to big with you yeah <laughs> <laughs> ew okay that's so gross though would you ever go back there or do you have like the kind capital? of beef with them no not the capital like oh my gosh place <laughs> like uh you're like going to the capital um and like actually yes uh the the sandwich place i actually like eat there i was a regular after that because really? of like i knew the secrets, but I also knew that they were otherwise, like, very clean, very, okay. like, upstanding, sh- like, cooks in the back. Like, yeah. one was one of the owner's brothers. Like, they were very nice people, especially, like, when you didn't work for them. But I feel like that's all bosses. Like, you kind of have to give some grace when they're trying to run their livelihood. Yeah. <clears throat> like, he wanted to micromanage because he wanted it done a certain way. Like, he wanted to stand at the register and make sure you know those people's names because that's what he did. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of had to give him some grace. I went back there and ate all the time. They did up their prices, like, not uh, fairly. I mean, I probably wouldn't pay for what they're charging now mm-hmm. because it's just, like, not worth, like, $15 yeah. for what they're charging, honestly. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I went back after that because that one incident, they, like, didn't wash their salad, right? Like, it was that one time, you know? Yeah, but oh, absolutely. Other than that, like, I, I know – I don't care if they, like, lie to me and tell me it's all made in-house. Like, it still tastes really good. And, like, I know it's super clean. And, like, other, yeah. than, other than that, it was still a really, like, nice place. I loved before. Like I said, I was, like, a regular. And that's how I got the job. So <laughs> I haven't worked in food in so long that I legitimately, like, forgot how, A, gross it could be. Yeah. B, how, like, micromanaging and just annoying that it is. And the people you have to deal with. I oh. can... Never do it again. And I Same. feel so, so much love 
for all the people that work in food yeah props to you like that is hard work and keep if that's like what pays your bills like keep doing it yeah i mean work toward whatever you're passionate for yeah you're passionate for like good for you i just really don't want to do that (laughs) like it's like my freshman year of college i hated it i it was just like a lot of hard work for something i wasn't passionate for exactly like when kids would come in i would be so happy i would love my job but like when they weren't there I'd be like, okay, I just deal with a bunch of adults all day. I yeah. just go work somewhere else. Uh, well, Emily, thank you so much for coming on the pod. I will be sure to have you on again. Yeah. And next time we'll talk about more job things. I'm sure we have like a bajillion stories. <laughs> I think micromanaging <laughs> specifically so would be such a good episode oh to gosh, do because yes. we've had so many jobs. So we know what it's like to have a bad manager and have a good manager. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks and so much for having me. Always. Me and Emily live, like, 10 minutes from each other, so we can do all of the pod episodes. And we both just moved to Austin mm-hmm. in January. Yeah, we did. Um, we have, like, very similar timelines. Yes, very much so. And very, like, high aspirations. So, mm-hmm. uh, I know Kayla's mentioned she wants a PhD, but I would yeah. like to go to law school soon, someday, whatever. So, just lawyer love. follow <laughs> at Emily Elizabeth Love. <laughs> and hopefully i'll be there one day (laughs) absolutely and if you guys have any requests or questions um always message business and boots podcast on instagram i'll probably answer them i don't quote me on that but i will try my best and we will for sure address them in future episodes i think it would be really cool to do like a q a um so keep your eyes out for that i'll be like posting probably a little slide and we can do like a q a with me and emily and you guys can just ask us like random questions because honestly, I don't really know anyone probably more experienced than you and I <laughs> when it comes uh, like quantity of jobs slash like severity like of jobs. Yeah, and, like we have high experience. caliber jobs. As yeah, well. because mm-hmm. everyone always looks down upon so many jobs, especially for our age too. Yeah, but it's okay. Like it's okay if you are in, always if you have to work to make yourself like mm-hmm. just. Don't do what you have to do. Say. Like yeah. Emily was a butcher. We all <laughs> we all know that I worked at Olive Garden for like yes, three months Olive or Garden. whatever. Like we know that we have had to do the depths of yeah. despair. Never forget Forever Twenty One Fashion Valley. I still hate you. No, there's nothing you can do. I would like. Not the oh my god. 21. I don't even know. Oh, what I could do to like unlive those experiences. See, yeah. we've been through mm-hmm. it. We have been through it in like all of the different types of jobs. Yes. So send lots of questions. And so lots of, we'll lots of questions. Yes, 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 yes. Everybody have a great week. Um, touch back with yourself on your goals and you know, journal, meditate, drink a lot of water, cut down on your dairy because it's probably not good for you. Um, and love your life, live the life you love. And, and be bold. And be bold. And do one thing that scares you every day. XOXO, Kayla Melton, and Emily Love. Yeah, yeah. Bye, y'all. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of the Business and Boots podcast, please don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Business and Boots Podcast. And also subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts download and like this episode, everything like that. Your support means a lot to me. Thank you so much.